39.1 degrees Celsius. Don't worry. You'll be just fine after a shot in some pose. When we have a high fever, we should go see a doctor for medical treatment. When Mother Earth is running a high fever. Extensively on the heat waves that have hit large Greece is bracing for its longest heat wave Climate on record. Change. Terrifying. Just like us, she reaches out for help. What can we do to make her feel better? I brought my own water bottle. I brought a reusable bag. Bring your own water bottle in place of disposable tableware. Don't use a plastic bag. It's too hot. Let's get a car. No, we can get there in just 10 minutes by bike. Walk or ride a bicycle instead of driving for short distances. Oh, wow. Is your phone broken? Why don't you get a new one? It's okay. I'll get it fixed and can still use it. Repair items whenever possible instead of replacing them with new ones. Don't bother printing out the meeting proposal. I've set up a shared online document for it. Build a paper-free working environment instead of printing everything out. The era of global warming has ended. Effects from global warming are recurring much more frequently than in the past. The era of global boiling has arrived. Mother Earth has a fever, and we cannot withstand the consequences. Take prompt actions to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Lai Ming, joined by Joshua Cotterell and Yu Hongling. Coming up, would you think twice before buying a bottle of soda if you see a red label warning you of its sugary content? Residents of Shanghai now have access to such information, and this pilot program hopes to raise people's awareness on sugar consumption and health. The first Golden Pandas Awards will be held in the southwestern Chinese city of Chengdu next week. It'll showcase top-notch films, TV programs, documentaries, and animations by participants from around the world. In our special series starting from today, we will introduce some great content features at this year's event. Now around table, let's、uh, look at the pioneering <laughs> policy that Shanghai、uh, seeks to roll out、uh, on behalf of the whole country. It's a pilot program, right, to label the sugar content in beverages. And New、uh, Holy, would you care to explain the color-coded system for us a、uh, bit? Yes, of course. So if now you live in Shanghai and you want to get a bottle of beverage. You would be looking at some labels. The labels do not indicate the individual sugar content of beverages, but rather alert you about different categories of drinks by using signs of different colors. So quite、okay. straightforward. So if you're looking at a green label, it's recommended you shop in the sections with a green label. Are reminded to read the beverage's nutrition label before purchasing, so that you know it's really healthy and it's good for you. Supposed to be. So if you don't care that much, you go for the green. And you, you're good. You're good.、Mm-hmm. And if you're going for the orange, you should be cautious. Orange labels warn you to limit their added sugar intake. The Chinese dietary guidelines recommend added sugar intake to less than 25 grams per day. Okay.、And、it's like it definitely should be under 50 grams, but. 
um, it's recommended to be less than 25 grams per day. Okay. So if you're taking an orange one, you should definitely read and do a little bit of calculation. And if you're taking a red one, ooh, ooh not good. Red labels warn of the negative health impacts of sugary drinks. Overconsumption of added sugar contributions to cavities and overweight. Limiting the consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages is recommended. And then the sign would tell you this. So if you go to the 159 brick-and-mortar retailers in Shanghai, including supermarkets and convenience stores, you would be looking at these labels nowadays. Oh, so you're talking about 159 brick-and-mortar retailers in yes. the city. So including supermarkets and convenience stores. But that's that means this is not a citywide pilot program because by my research, Shanghai has nearly 200 supermarkets and more than 6,000 convenience stores. So uh, chances are that uh, you may run into uh, beverages labeled in such way or you may not. And also, I feel like it's like testing the water, see whether or not consumers like that because sometimes I feel like I know I am um, not doing the most healthy thing mm-hmm. by... Um, putting my hands on that bottle of soda, but I'd like to do that. And giving me that red warning is not making me feel any better. Mm-hmm. Josh, are you a Coke kind of person or a Sprite? <laughs> I definitely prefer Coca-Cola, I must say. <laughs> uh, I like full-fat Coke. I do. I don't drink it a lot. I don't consume a lot of sugar at all. I'm very lucky that I don't think I really have a sweet tooth um, unless I'm drinking jack daniels and then i usually put coke in it but if i have coke then i want to have full fat coke i want to feel that (laughs) caffeine sugar hit i don't understand coke zero and all of these you know but that's just me yeah so yeah so how many bottles a week oh oh I, i would say maximum one unless i have a heavy night at the bar with jack daniels and coke which is hardly ever for the records, hardly ever. Okay, um, great. Yeah. You're safe. Um, I heard that in UK, there's a traffic lights labeling allowing consumers to make comparisons between products yeah. that are high, medium, or low in fat, saturated, mm-hmm. and salt, and sugar. Do you do you use that system? As in, do you yeah. refer to that system when you purchase? No, I think we're most people are pretty numb to it now. I mean... I can't speak for the whole British population, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm about to, I guess. But, uh, you know, um, in the UK, like in a lot of countries in Europe, I think there's there's so many labels on our produce and a lot of them are legal. They have to be there, but a lot of them are voluntary as well because they're great marketing things. But by this point, there's so many different labels all over so many products that I think people just take them for granted now. Um, I know that there used to be a time where if it said fair trade on it or if it said low in fat, low in sugar, um, you can get this badge on your product if you're below a certain sugar level, right, uh-huh. for example, or certain level of saturated fats, for example, and things like this, or level of salt or things like this. Um, but these days, yeah, I mean, I don't even, I don't even look anymore. And I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people are the same. I mean, there's only so much information you can process, right? 
only so much care you can give when you're hungry. I don't know. <laughs> do you speak for everybody in the UK, or do you speak for yourself? I do. I do. Like on, on, on CGTN, I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like these years,、uh, even on roundtable, we've touched upon how to live a life with less sugar, less salt, and less maybe fat in our life quite a few times. Because people pay more and more attention to the ingredient, we started to learn which ingredient means what, what is the percentage stands for, what, how much sugar we should take every day. We start to care about these things, and that is why、um, the Beverage and also food and snacks using different kinds of sugar substitutes started to be very popular in the Chinese market. In general, I feel like it's a good thing because people started to care more about their health. But I, I kind of. You know,、uh, think twice when Josh mentioned that people get numb after a while because you just can't pay attention all the time. Maybe that's where you can draw a difference, draw a line of difference between、uh, people in different countries and different cultures. Here in China, we sense an increasing awareness about health, and I think the number of、uh, salad. Stores that you can find on any <laughs> food ordering platforms would attest to that. I mean, people are increasingly health aware, and they go for healthy food, and they're willing to pay more for that. I mean, I think we talk that quite often on roundtable. That's for sure. And I do believe that when this thing is、uh, rolled out nationwide, and when people Go to the supermarkets and they see the labels in different colors. They might start wondering, "What does this mean? Ooh, this red and green and an orange. What does that is this even mean?" And I think information and knowledge do change things. I mean, just、mm. in order to prepare for this topic, I mean, I read and I learned that the recommended、uh, sugar intake would be twenty-five grams per day, and then、uh, it only takes. A slightly curious mind to take the extra step and do more research. And guess what I found in my own research, and that is, there's plenty of sugar contained in our everyday diet. Let's say yuxiang rou si, fish flavored、uh, minced meat. I mean, that's a very, very popular dish here in China. And guess how much sugar there is in that single dish? Twenty-five grams.、And、that means that if you have You shall roast for lunch, then you you shouldn't have any more sugary drinks <laughs> for the、impossible. rest of the day. You know, the same goes for other dishes like hong shao rou, braised pork belly, and that's even more sugary than、uh, than you shall roast. So、um, that kind of information really means a lot to me. I mean, if I I would、uh, factor in uh, my uh, intake in in lunch or in breakfast, and then. Uh, assisting my decision making as to what I want to have in in dinner,、um, Josh. In your perspective or in your observation, people in the UK don't seem to be affected by labels like that. That that's really、um, something. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people probably do. I'm generalizing massively, and I'm being a bit tongue in cheek here. But <laughs> I, my my point really is just that there's so many labels that I mean, at what point do these labels stop? Becoming effective, right? Because the idea of a label, the、mm -hmm. idea of a signal, is to stand out, right? And for in, for it to stand out, in order for it to stand out, it, it needs to be against the backdrop of something more plain.、Right. So I think there's only so much information that we can process, which is why these coloring labels、uh, definitely make more sense. It's simpler and easier for people to process the information. But it's not just about 
information. It's about attention grabbing as well. And I think that in the UK, in my opinion, there's so many labels. And I know that actually the, the motive is good. It's to help people to be more healthy and live longer and live happier lives. But at the same time, it's really difficult to navigate this sort of human <laughs> interface, this uh, interaction between the brain and the label. Um, and so I guess uh, we need to wrestle with that somehow. And in the UK, it's gotten a bit complicated, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, are people in the UK generally aware of the unhealthy uh, effects of having too much sugar in their diet? Well, th that's a good question. I mean, how can I, how can I answer that? How can we gauge knowledge in this regard? How much knowledge do pe people have generally? I think that w the UK tries very hard um, to put as I say, there's so many labels, so there is motive there to educate people. Whether people really process this information, it's hard to say, honestly. We do have obesity issues in the United Kingdom, and what that comes down to, the causes of that, I think that it goes much deeper than just labeling, in my opinion. I think it goes much deeper than just knowledge. I think that it comes down to cost. I think that it comes down to cooking culture i think it comes right. down to food culture it's a complex issue that goes much further than education and labeling i think totally mm. and i think this labeling system also has its flaw that is it only talks about sugar it doesn't really indicate information about sugar substitutes because people would assume that if i do not take in sugar if i take in some other substitutes it could, yeah it could be better but actually it might not be that easy actually there are two types of taste receptors on our tongue uh, one type responds to regular sweeteners while the other is unique and reacts only to sweet tastes that contain calories which means if you use sugar substitutes with no calories if you use that kind of sugar substitutes that go into your body make you feel happy and go out directly without staying in your body the other type of taste receptors would not be satisfied it will lure you into eating more sweet stuff hmm. that is why um, some other research have found that people who eat food with sugar and people who eat food with sugar substitutes are not that different when it comes to weight. I see. Well, so it's a challenging task. I mean, the issue with sugar and labeling sugary content is uh, more complicated uh, as compared to another example, and that is the labeling of cigarette package. I mean, if you uh, go to a store and look at the package of cigarettes, especially uh, in countries outside of China, uh, you get abhorring images uh, graphics of people who suffer uh, after being a, a cigarette smoker uh, for a long time. I mean, the, the uh, images of uh, problematic uh, body uh, parts is, is really, really, um, they're really, uh, they're really horrifying. I'm not sure sugar can be just as damaging and harmful as cigarettes and all the harmful in ingredients in cigarette. But do we have to or is it necessary for us to up the game and then uh, do something similar to what we do with cigarettes i mean to have horrifying images on the package of sugary products in my opinion yes although i really wish we don't because i love sugary products but people wow. know that cigarettes and alcohol are bad for you but they do not know sugar comes a very close next 
So yeah, maybe helping people have the awareness is the first step, and then you can make an informative decision. The complicated issue is、uh, sugar really makes most people happy. I mean, the、uh, disease scholar Ji Xianling, who studied、uh, Buddhism and the history of sugar here in China, made it explicitly clear that sugar makes people happy and it has its own benefits, and as such, it will always have a part to play. In our diet and in our lifestyle, and which is why、um, I think it's a little too drastic to to really up the game to a point where we have horrifying images <laughs> on the on any package of any sugar content.、Um, Josh, what would be your opinion on this? Is it is it <laughs> too drastic of a move to have something like that? I mean, really terrible images of people who suffer from an overdose of sugar、uh, in their lifestyle. It's a really interesting question. I mean, I don't really like these images on cigarettes. In the UK right now, the way it works is that cigarettes have to be completely out of view, so you can't even see these images in the supermarket. You have to go up to a special counter and ask for them, ask for tobacco, and it will be behind an, an opaque、uh, sort of shutter or under the counter.、Uh, you're not even supposed to show them. I mean, I guess that why would you if they have these horrible images on them? But smoking rates have declined in the UK. But the main thing, one of the main causes of that, is that areas in which you are allowed to smoke are getting fewer and fewer. So I think that this has something. So I don't know if we're going to have designated sugar consumption areas <laughs> or something like this,、um, like little areas where you're allowed to eat ice cream. I, I, sugar is so bad for you. And it's so ingrained, however, into our diet, and it has been for so many years.、Um, I mean, I, I think that we don't really appreciate so many of us how ingrained sugar is, and how often we encounter sugar. I mean, alcohol is another one. We've consumed alcohol for thousands of years, as we know, and yet still, this sugar is a part of that often as well.、Um, I, I don't know how it would be done. I think it would be too difficult. So. I would be say no to this. I think it would just be too difficult to do so. But it's an interesting question. I mean, to legally limit the amount of sugar you consume.、Yeah. <laughs> well, in my opinion, on top of talking about whether or not we should put horrific pictures on sugar products containing sugar, maybe we can have our scientists do a little bit more in. Doing some research about finding better substitutes or just adjusting the existing sugar, because、uh, the taste receptors on the tongue connect with sugar crystals when we consume sweets, and typically only about one fifth of sugar crystals in a bite of food connect with taste receptors. And apparently, recently there has been researchers adds a small amount of silicon dioxide to sugar, only about one percent, and that would Help more sugar to come into contact with saliva and dissolve quickly on the tongue, which allows for a more efficient reception of sweetness. So you do not have to consume that many sugar to feel that level of sweetness. That is a good approach. I'd like to praise. I think it's a very counterintuitive approach in the sense that,、uh, at least、uh, given the current level of consumerism and the current level. Of technology,、uh, the only thing we can do with this technology,、uh, once it's rolled out、uh, uh, on a wide scale, it will limit 
the consumption. It'll reduce the consumption of of sugar because we digest and we receive sugar more efficiently. So it's it's counterintuitive. But going forward, if we reach the point where everybody agree that an over intake of、uh, sugar is bad for your own health. Then I suppose、uh, the market opportunities will、uh, dramatically increase for technologies like that for consumers for products incorporating such technology. I mean that's a very interesting finding, though, coming from Neil Holling and、uh, always a maverick on the show. Lastly,、um, we know that、uh, this is just a pilot program, and it fits into a bigger、uh, scheme in China's strategy to. Build a healthy China, and to what else are included? I mean, to what extent should the initiative、uh, factor in the Healthy China initiative? Well, I feel like by、um, having this pilot program happening in Shanghai and maybe across the nation would definitely raise people's awareness when it comes to intaking of sugar, and maybe after that, the next step would be. To about salt, about fat. Overall, we should eat healthier and exercise more, like Lemming said, to achieve a healthier China. You're listening to Roundtable. Up next, our recommendations for great content being featured at the first Golden Panda Awards. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable. Where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. Welcome back. The first Golden Pandas Awards will be underway next week in the southwestern Chinese city of Chengdu. It'll showcase top-notch films, TV programs, documentaries, and animations. By participants from around the world, and also those who attend the event will have the opportunity to get real close with real pandas instead of、uh, golden <laughs> pandas, of course, because it's being held in Chengdu and it's the home to the giant pandas.、Um, for this special series, we'll have、uh, some recommendations of good products being showcased at the event. And、uh, today we begin with Josh. Sure. Well. One recommendation that I have, which I believe is one of the nominations, is a TV series called Nineteen Twenty Three. Okay. And yeah, this TV series is actually part of a universe. We call it so. It's part of another series. It's a prequel to a series called Yellowstone, and there's also another prequel that is dating further back,、um, huh. which sounds complicated. But anyway, it's part of a bigger <laughs> universe. It's a really great series.、Uh, it's、um, about Uh, this guy called Jacob Dutton, and、uh, it starts off. I won't ruin anything, no spoilers at all. But I just like to tell you the opening narration, which、okay. I think is going to paint a picture for you. And it says, "Violence has always haunted this family, and where it doesn't follow, we hunt it down, we seek it." And for、Ooh. me, that's that's、wow. enough to draw to draw me in. I don't even need to know what the series is about. But for anybody that's wondering a little bit more about what it's about. Um, it's it's a pretty intriguing period.、Um, it's got post-war economics,、um, and it's about a ranch.、Uh, it's actually one of the largest sheep ranches in Montana.、Um, it's a massive cattle ranch. Sorry, in Montana, 
not a sheep ranch. I think I might have got that confused um, because there's all these different series going on. But yeah, um, <laughs> Cowboys, pro Prohibition era. Anybody like me that's interested in that era, all of my favorite movies are about the Prohibition era, basically. So yeah, uh, that's my recommendation. Any questions, go for it. If not, just trust me, go give it a watch. I watched the first episode and yeah. what's intriguing for me was the Catholic Indian boarding school and I believe her name is Ringwater, suffering mm. the, the physical and mental abuse. And I was I was a little bit scared to see that. I mean, it's very, in a very real kind of way. And I, I still don't know her relationship with the main family, but I got totally intrigued. And I think the actors and actresses have done a really good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an all-star cast really isn't it um with harrison ford of course indiana jones himself and dame helen mirren wow so it's a periodic drama right or is, is yeah. it purely fiction uh it's it's fictional but it's based in you know that it's it's a historical drama so it's based in history there's a lot of uh things going on that are based in fact as 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 based in fact as any historical drama can be i would say if i'd like to go into that universe because there are so many spin-offs there's so many different series yeah. which one should i start with well i guess um i mean i'm disclaimer here i'm not really an expert on all of them um but i would say start with the first one yellowstone oh. but it's not the oldest part of uh chronologically it's not the first one okay right, i see but, Periodic drama has a big market here in China. I think the 1923 will have a great feedback from uh, anyone uh, that's attending uh, the event next week. And any other recommendations you have for us? Yes. Um, I started to watch a drama called, and the English translation is A Lifelong Journey. Ah, right? Yuan Shijian. Yes, Yuan Shijian. And... I thought that it was pretty interesting. I've just started to get into it. Uh, do you, have you guys watched this? Yes, I've watched several episodes. Do you recommend that I continue? Yeah, totally. To... You should. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, you might find some of the plots hard to understand because you lack the historical background because it's a, a story. Well, I that do. that has a really long time span because many of the oh. scenarios are no longer the same here in China and current modern China anymore. For example, you would encounter scenarios like you have to buy um, things with certain kind of piao, certain kind of ticket with certain ritual. You can't get, let's say, for example, soap freely. You would have a portion of soap every month. You would get one soap every month and... Um, the reason I mentioned soap is because it's one of a it, it's um, an important item in one of the story plot. This father, even though he only gets one soap every three months, he managed to collect six soaps and to give it to his daughter, who's went away with her poet husband, who the father initially didn't approve of. But mm -hmm. the father was very, it, it was a very moving plot because the father said after several years, maybe I think three or five years, he decided to visit the daughter and the not approved son-in-law. And he was furious when the daughter went away with this new husband and just leave the family. But after several years, his decision was to, what he said was actually 
I'll go check him out. If he's a good person, if he's good to my daughter, I'll I'll let it go. I'll allow them.、I'll... So he brought six soaps. <laughs> yes, it's 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 sweet. It means he still cared about his daughter, even though very、uh, she very much her back to him and ran away. Yes. So it's a it's a. Like 1923, it's a, a periodic drama. Maybe not as old as 1923, but it dates back to an age before China's reform and opening up. And and it's a story of generations of Chinese people、uh, in one household. So、um, some of them might be challenging even for young Chinese audience. So Josh, you shouldn't. <laughs> I、uh, find it,、uh, you know, you shouldn't blame yourself for not being able to follow. But it's,、uh, I, I, I think it's a very good piece for、uh, for you to, to know what's going on in people's mind and and heart. We would like to use that、mm-hmm. word,、uh, feeling wise, emotional wise. So、uh, it's, a, it's、right. a good drama for you to know about Chinese people, right? Thanks. I trust you guys. I'm I'm going to keep watching it. All right, and that's it. I mean that's、uh, that concludes our special series for the Golden Pandas Awards. A lot more recommendations coming your way in the following episodes. I so a lot more reason to stay tuned with us or、uh, well stay focused on Roundtable China or any podcast platforms that you prefer. And that's all for our discussion today. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>